Hello, hello, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast. Now, um, uh, we're sorry we haven't gotten a vid- uh, podcast out in a long time, not since our NFL mock draft, but um, we've been really busy getting done with school. We hope that after a little bit, we'll start really getting things done, but we're going to go straight to now the NBA mock draft. Now, I know that... Um, with the, I know that um, the NBA draft isn't actually until the end of July, but we're going to be going to camp for a month, so we're not going to be able to get a podcast out then. And then we're coming back three days before, so we figured we'd do it now. Yeah, so there um, – so uh, same rules as um, the, our NFL mock draft, no trades. Alternating picks, I'll be doing all the odds. He'll be doing the – Gabe will be doing the evens. And, um, and yeah, also, this isn't a prediction mock draft. We're doing what we would do if we were the GM of the teams. All right, yep. you ready to get started? I am ready to get started. First pick, lottery was was – Two days ago, I believe. So the Pistons ended up with the first pick. And I am selecting Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Yeah. This um, one is pretty expected from most people. Yeah, sort of. I mean, Cade Cunningham's a great player. Combo. He's a combo guard. Um, definitely not what you would call a wing. Um, yeah. Not necessarily just a traditional point guard. He's really a combo guard. 20 points a game at Oklahoma State, 20 points a game, 40% from three, which is which is great. 3.5 assists, which you'd like to see higher in the NBA, but he got 60 point, he got 6.2 boards, 43% from the field. Um uh averaging with 30 minutes with 35 minutes a game he's a big guard he's six seven six eight um for a guard so um he's not a mate he's pretty good defensively he's not like off the charts like you think big guard you think ben simmons he's definitely not ben simmons he's right an offensive first player, you know, four winchers last year, 2.3 of them were offensive. 1.7 of them were defensive. So he's not just a defensive. Uh, he's not just an offensive player. He can play defense too, but he's an offensive first player. He's a good three point shooter. He has a great, he has a great form. He has a great feel for the game. 84.6% from free throw. And that went down during the tournament because he didn't shoot free his free throw is great in the tournament, but going in, he was like 88%, I think. Right. Um, and I mean, yeah, he's an amazing player. He's great from, he's great from the three. He's great with the ball. He's great without the ball. He's solid on defense. He's a good leader. He has good IQ. He'll grab some boards for you, getting six boards a game. You'd right. like to see the assists go up. One big thing <laughs> that strikes you off the board is the turnovers. He averaged four right. I was I was about to mention that, but, Four four per game, but he was carrying a pretty limited roster compared to other college stars. I mean, I wouldn't say out of this draft. Oblo- Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had a good team. They had the boon. Like, com- compared to like, uh, like Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga, and like even Ivan Mo- even Mobley out of USC. And like Davion Mitchell, who we'll see later probably Evan in the lottery. Mobley was carrying his team a lot more than. Kate Cunningham was, right, but still limited, a, a largely limited roster compared to the other star guards in the lottery. Four turnovers per game is really the only thing that kind of strikes you as concerning out of him. Yeah, he's I a mean, true, like, very ultra talented. He has the athleticism, has the skills, and puts up the numbers to back yeah. it up. I mean, nevertheless, I you still want to see those turnovers go down. Um, yeah. You still don't like to see four turnovers a game, but um, but besides that, he's off the charts everywhere, and he's the obvious pick for the Pistons. The Pistons, terrible team all around. Best player last year was Jeremy Grant, who averaged somewhere around 22 points a game, I think. 
by yeah. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant had a 28.5% usage, usage percentage. Right. He, is, he was an above average player at most on a terrible team. So that, so that made him his, you know, total stats go off the board, but he's not actually amazing. He's, you know, he's sort of a stretch for, um, you could like, there's nothing stopping them from going any position at all. And in my opinion, the NBA, for the most part, there shouldn't be. I think in the NFL, it still should be mostly best player available, but especially in the NBA, it should be best player available in most situations. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Cade Cunningham, the obvious pick here. You especially look at the guards on the Pistons roster, right? Killian Hayes is a solid young guy, but then you have, Corey Joseph backing him up at the point guard, and then Wayne Wayne Ellington and Josh Jackson, who's listed as a shooting guard. None of those options are even decent. So, yeah. But then oh, that takes me to the second pick for the Rockets, who had an extremely disappointing year. They were the first team to be knocked out of the playoffs, right? Well, not knocked out, but, like, eliminated from contention. Eliminated from contention, right. Right, they had that big trade in the offseason, sending John Wall Wall to the team and getting rid of Russell Westbrook, which ended up, I'm going to say, which ended up not being so great. They got John Wall. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my pick is um Yvonne Mobley, who I mentioned earlier, center out of USC. He's 19, only played a year. He was one and done. But he is ultra talented. He is a he is a big man that is built to excel in the modern NBA. He's great protecting the rim. He averaged nearly three blocks per game. Is fluid enough to kind of stick with guards through pick and rolls. And he he has potential to grow as a perimeter threat. He's not quite there yet, but he has that potential. And he, he's a lob threat. He's got all the tools. He's good defensively. And then you look at the roster of the Detroit of not the Detroit Pistons of the Houston Rockets, and the the really only person that stands out is Christian Wood, who is a very solid. Uh, he's like twenty six, young big man. But then you've got really no one else who stands out at all on the roster. You've got John Wall with massive contract, and like Eric Gordon, and that's about it for players who would make who would start on any NBA team. You, you get what I'm trying to say. They have a weak roster. They take best player available. In my opinion, it's Yvonne Mobley. All right. So, I, I Yvonne, Yvonne Mobley is a great player. I think that he's definitely not going to – he would definitely would be a good player for the Rockets here. I don't – I don't think he's the best choice here. I think the best choice is Jalen Suggs, a shooting guard out of Gonzaga. Jalen Suggs is an amazing player. We saw we saw what he did at the tournament. At the end of the day, I am a very big and firm believer in even if the sample size is smaller, you're it's not as much in college basketball when it comes to stats, but how you play just matters so much more in the playoffs and shows who much more of who you are in a, of a player. And Jalen Suggs was one of the best players in March Madness this year. Um, we didn't really get much of a chance to cover March Madness, but Jalen Suggs is outstanding. Obviously, we all remember the shot against UCLA versus Gonzaga, which will go down as one of the best games in college basketball history. Um, and um, I think Evan Mobley... 16.4 points per game, 8.7 rebounds. He's a good he's a good player. 30 30% from from 3. I mean, 
only 69% from the from free throw. Yeah, 60.4 points. He's good. He's good defensively. He had 2.6 defensive win shares, 6.9 win shares. And that that's I think his biggest thing is those 6.9 win shares. Jalen Suggs had 4.6 win shares. Average he averaged 14.4 points per game, 4.5 assists, 5.3 boards from a shooting guard. His biggest thing is he needs to work on his three-point shooting. So he was only 33% from three, which in today's NBA, as a guard, you can't have 75% from the free throw line, but a 58% two-point percentage. Um, and, I mean, here's the thing. I am a believer in the idea of three is better than two. So... <laughs> Like the idea that you sh- you you should be shooting more threes because in order for you to make in order for you to make forty percent of your um in order to make if and if you make forty percent of your threes then you have to make sixty percent of your twos and mm-hmm. yes and um and um okay. That makes sense. Nor that makes sense normally because it's very rare that someone will get sixty percent from two. Jalen Suggs was fifty eight percent from two. So while the three point percentage isn't good, the analytics will sort of show that that's actually not as big of a deal when you're that insane from two when you're shooting fifty eight percent from two. Mm-hmm. So my my issue with Jalen Suggs is he's just he like he's just not consistent enough from three. He he goes on streaks where he makes seems like he's making every okay, single without, even without the three-pointer three point he's just even without the three-point shot he's an amazing player i'm not disagreeing this jalen suggs if if i if i could pick the number third three pick i'm definitely picking jalen suggs and i know you are but i think without the three-point shot he's a better player than evan mobley i i think it's super close but i think Ivan mobley fits perfectly in the modern day NBA. All right. And again, I just think it's March. I mean, March madness. I just think matters so much more than the regular season. And also Jalen Suggs managed to get only, you know, two less points per game around two less win shares while playing in a lineup with Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Joel Ayayi. So it wasn't just him out there and he still managed to put up those stats, but moving on to number three, the Cavaliers, as you probably could have guessed, are taking Jalen Suggs. Now, I actually really like the core the Cavs have this year, this coming mm-hmm. year. Like, I think the Cavs could be a yeah. team. I like. I think the Cavs could be a team to be to that uh, could be a legit good team this year, and especially mm-hmm. if you get Jalen Suggs in here. I mean, I like. Colin Sexton, I like Jared Allen, Kevin Love. He's overpaid. He is overpaid. I don't think he's really overrated anymore because he used to be overrated, but now no one's really saying he's all that good. Right. So I wouldn't say he's really overrated anymore. Just like how I wouldn't say Bryce Harper's overrated anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if you add Jalen Suggs here and you you have a starting lineup of Darius either Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, um, Jalen Suggs, Kevin Love, or Jared Allen. Either that or Jalen with Isaac Okoro as your sixth man, or Jalen Suggs, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, and Jared Allen with Darius Garland as your sixth man. Either way, and then you also got a guy like Shetty Osman off the bench. Like, that's a team to be dealt with. That is, in my opinion, like a playoff caliber team. And Jalen Suggs is an amazing player. I just made my argument about – I when we were talking about the second pick, I made my argument about him. Again, not amazing from three, a little bit inconsistent, but 58% two-point percentage for a 50% field goal percentage from a guard, which is amazing. 14.4 points per game, 5.3 boards, 4.5 assists. Um. 4.5, 4.5 assists, 4.6 win shares. Like, he's just outstanding. Yeah. Jalen Sugg, such a talented player. I agree with you. If these young Cavs players, Garland, Sexton, Okoro, they can all make the right jumps, this team is definitely – I think they could definitely sneak an 8, 7, even 6 seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. 
Jalen Suggs is the pick. What? Yeah. Jalen Suggs is the pick. All right. That takes me to the Toronto Raptors at number four. Who, by the way, lucked out on the lottery. Yeah, I was about to say, made a massive, massive jump in the lottery. Um, made a made a massive jump in the lottery. Um, it's interesting. I think I Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs are two super, super, super close players. They are. I won't won't say they're similar, but in my opinion, they're. These the three of Green, Suggs, and Mobley can go any way in two through four, two through four. But unlike the first three teams, the Raptors are not in as dire of me to take just the best player available. They they definitely are have a better roster than the past than the first three teams. But I still, I do, I still think that Jalen Green is the pick here. He's he's shifty. He like he has gotten comparisons to some of the greatest players the NBA has ever seen at the age of seventeen. Right? People have been talking about Jalen Green for so long. It's finally his time. He's in the NBA draft. He played in the G League for the Ignite. Um, this past season, he he can change speeds. He's so good on offense. He he's not the biggest guy, but he's definitely very very solid. I'm taking Jalen Green. Yeah, I think that's the right pick. I think here is between two guys that I really like. It's Jalen Green and Davion Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. both great players. Jalen Green, seventeen point nine points. Points per game, uh, 2.8, 4.1 boards. You like? Would you like to see those assists go up a little bit? Sure, but I'm not crying over it. 36% from three, 2.7 turnovers. Sure, you'd like that down a little bit, but it's not insane. 82% from the line. Uh, only 0.4 win shares, but this is only in 15 games played. Those stats are going to be a little bit inflated as opposed to Davion Mitchell because it wasn't a different league. You're in the G League, higher higher scoring league, um, longer games. Right. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, stats are a bit inflated. But yeah, and in general. You could, you could definitely argue, though, that G League competition is more difficult than – yeah, you can because they're growing. Right. right. These are not – you're not playing other 19-year-olds. You're playing sometimes people who've been well, in the NBA be for fair, multiple G seasons. League isn't real. G League is for the most part young guys. Like, there aren't right. many 30-year-olds playing in the G League. But you definitely – there definitely are. Right? There are, there are definitely players who have played in the NBA for multiple seasons who – have kind of just the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin, right? But there's even if they're not stars, you you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're playing, but you're not yeah, you're I playing like Green. 23, 24 year olds, which is a massive jump from 19. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Green's a bit better than Davion Mitchell, right? Um, so now it's your turn. Yeah. So, um, fifth pick, the Orlando Magic. Um, I think they really, really lucked out on the Vucevic trade. Um, did a great job. You got you got Wendell Carter Jr. Um, uh, you got Wendell Carter Jr. in return for Vucevic, who is a great player. Went to Duke. Um, so he's automatically amazing, but he is a very good player. Then he also traded Aaron Gordon for RJ Hampton, who is a great defensive young guard who was a rookie this last year. Um, didn't get too much playing time, but I, I think RJ Hampton is going to be a pretty good player. Um, uh, so, I mean, and he did end up like when he, he was on the magic, when he was on Denver, he got nine minutes a game. And when he went to the Magic, he got 25 minutes a game. 
Right, but those play. those minutes do a massive jump to any young NBA player. Yeah. Um, and so you traded Aaron Gordon for him. You got Gary Harris, who was on a rough contract. You'd rather not have gotten him, but you needed to make right. it. Right. And you got Two a, years, $19 million for a guy yeah. who's – And you got a first-round pick in it. Some points a game. So, yeah. yeah, you did you did great at the Combine, and you ended up not even having to give up this year's first in the Vucevic trade because it was top four protected, and it right. ended up being number five. So you get to keep this pick instead of – or no, this is the magic pick. You get to keep the eighth pick. Instead the of eighth goals. pick, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for this one, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the guy I was just talking about. It's Davion Mitchell. I'm really high on Davion Mitchell. We all saw what he did at the tournament. Obviously, he he was he was amazing. Won a championship with Baylor, as I predicted. Um, I predicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, won won most of my brackets, and um, fourteen points. Yeah, fourteen points per game. Uh, uh. 2.7 boards, 5.5 assists, another sort of combo guard, for amazing from the from three, which is an underrated yeah. part of his game. 44 people percent. really, yeah, people really focus on his kind of like grinding play style, like kind of tough defensive focus, but he's yeah. definitely a really obviously, solid. Yeah, also obviously player. is an amazing defender. Won 2021 Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award. The he- he's great driving in. He has such good hesitations um, when he's getting in, and he's just he's an amazing player. Um, the five point three win shares, three point five offensive, one point nine defensive. I mean, right. he's, like he's absolutely amazing. He was amazing in the tournament, and yeah, I mean, he's just yeah. an amazing player. I just want to mention the fact that he's a junior, right? He's not no one and done freshman. He's 22 years old. He has the experience. He has way more experience than most of the guys coming out of the combine. But so that's definitely also a plus for yeah. me. Yeah. And for the magic, you're just again, you're picking best player available here. Don't care about right. yes, Especially if you, had choose, right. if you had to choose one thing, you probably wouldn't pick a center just because of Wendell Carter, but I'd be fine with you picking a center. Like right. They have that elite. The magic of that elite forward duo of Dwayne Bacon and Ingus Brezdinkis, but yeah, Ignas Gabe Ignas Ignas Brezdinkis, amazing name. But yeah, uh, I mean, you got Cole Anthony, who I hate, but um, he went to UNC. Solid young player. Gary Harris, you know, won't be there for a long time, probably. Bad. I right. RJ Hampton's good. He'll probably be a starter for the future. But in today's NBA, if you really want to start all of those guys, and you even have Markel Fultz, if you want to, you can start three guards if you want to. You can have three guards on the court if you want to. Like, right. Positionless NBA. And yeah. I agree with this pick. So, brings me to the sixth pick the one of, what is it? Is it three first-round picks for the Thunder this year? Uh, yeah. But you, yeah. But you look at this team, they've got – they don't have Al Horford anymore, right? Or do uh, they? No, they traded him. No, they the traded him to the Celtics, right? Yeah, Celtics they got Tolo Walker. Right. But they, got, they have Shai, Gilgis Alexander, who they have – they've – Darius Baisley, they have such a Lou Dort. They have such a young roster that it's going to be really interesting how they play next year. But they definitely have holes, um, especially looking at the forward forward position. Right, you look at this team. You are at guards. You've got you've got Shy who can play both the one and the two. Theo Maldon's even solid. Lou Dort is a great defensive young guy. So I think forward should be the focus. Although again, as you were saying, the NBA is 
pretty positionless. And I think the best forward in this draft is Jonathan Kuminga. He's an absolute machine. Six foot eight, 225, seven foot wingspan. He's explosive. He's got strength. I mean, his jumper is a bit shaky. And when it's not falling, he's kind of has, he doesn't really have a different offensive game. But Jonathan Kuminga is so, so good, in my opinion. Another guy who played in the G League with with Jalen with the Ignite, and he is so good. He, he he's solid on offense, great on defense. He's explosive. He's six eight, seven foot wingspan. As I was saying before, he is really really good. That's my pick. Slightly over Scotty Barnes for me. Yeah. So. I think Jonathan Kuminga is the right pick here. I think Jonathan Kuminga is a little bit overrated. Most people are saying he's in the top five above Davion Mitchell. I don't think he is. He's still a great player. My question is about how he fits in today's NBA. I think he's really going to have to move into a traditional center role. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's here's the problem. He reminds me – he reminds me of the – he, the good parts of his game don't. The bad parts of his game remind me of the bad parts of Giannis's game. And I know when you're comparing someone to Giannis, you think that's a good thing. But I'm talking specifically the bad parts of Giannis's game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Giannis's real flaw, one of his biggest flaws, is the fact that he's 30% shot 30% from three this year, but he still took 3.6 a game. Jonathan Kaminga took five three-point attempts per game mm-hmm. and shot 24% from three. Right. If you're shooting 24% from three, then you should not be shooting five three-point attempts per game. Right. Okay. That's what I was kind of saying about his jumper. Yeah. I think, I think that if you give him a good coach, you coach him down to – you can go two ways. You can go – you can go working on the three-point shot and keeping him where he is, or you can work on changing him into more of a traditional center role and moving away from sort of the power forward role he's in in the G League and was in before. And you could go two ways about it. I, in the NBA, see him... I don't know. Like, I don't see him in either specific worlds. Like I said, basketball is positionless. I see him as someone, he's not necessarily a traditional center in the sense that he's going in the paint every play and is in the paint every time on defense. But I don't think he should be shooting five threes a game or two threes a game for that matter. Right. Um, and so I think that's my biggest question is about where he fits in today's NBA when you're shooting 24% from three, but you're taking five game but other words other but besides that he's amazing 15 point in the g league this year in 13 games 15.8 points 2.7 assists 7 7.2 boards 0.8 blocks um 62 from uh free throw percentage also one thing is he had negative 0.3 win shares mm-hmm. negative he lost more games for his team than his than he won games for his team. So what you have to think about is, was he playing in the G League? Did he want his team to win? Or was he just playing to try to put up stats? And that's when you look at the five threes attempted. That's what I get worried about him, is that you get worried about your heart of the game when you're just playing purely to get stats. Right. And not, and not to... <laughs> help your team win he did have 0.5 defensive win shares which for 13 games is actually good but it's the 0.7 offensive win shares that yeah that's definitely that's a very fair compare that's a very fair criticism of him but you look at that pure size that raw talent almost and with the with the right coaching staff in my mind yeah yeah, what? I think he's a really raw player that really needs to be coached up. And I also think that he needs a good mentor. 
Right. And which you don't get in OKC. But I think that you have to take a chance on him just because of that potential. It's a really boomer bust pick, but he has so mm-hmm. much potential that I do think at this point you have to take a chance on him above Scotty Barnes. That's yeah. So now you have the Warriors pick at number seven. Yeah. Um, all right. The Warriors just missed the playoffs this year. Um yeah, but they didn't have Clay Thompson. Um, Steph Curry went off, MVP finalist, 30-plus points per game. I mean, it was unfortunate to see James Wiseman go down, and a lot of people I feel like are writing him off the page a little bit and saying mm-hmm. the Warriors need a new big man. I really don't think that's the case. Um, look, I think – I think that – when you're a team like the Warriors, you're a little bit – I still think I'm a big believer that for the most part you go best player available, but you're a little bit less keen to when you're a win-now team that just got Clay Tom. that's just getting Clay Thompson back. You're going to have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, hopefully at full health, Draymond Green, Kelly Oubre, and Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So I think you're a little bit less keen to. So it's the question of, are you taking? Because I, I think you. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Scotty Barnes here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Scotty Barnes. I actually like Scotty Barnes more in a point forward role than I do in either a traditional in what most people are putting him as, as more of a small forward. Some people are also saying he should just be a traditional point guard. I really think mm-hmm. he's that he should, he should be that point forward role. Um, that point forward role. Um, and um, I look, I think the Warriors are set in a position to win. I don't think Clay Thompson's coming back. He's not going to be as good as he, as he is. I'm telling you, no one comes right. back from two. I feel like Achilles. people, people, Smart people are realizing that. Yeah. Clay Thompson, in my opinion, is still going to be a solid knockdown the open three shooter, but he's definitely he's just not. Gonna be, he's thinking he's going to be a very No, I know. He's going to be a very He's not going to be able to drive as well as he could. He's not going to be able to. I think he's going to be a verge all-star player. Yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe that's a bit high on him. But um, – you're just getting him back. So I think what you do is I think you get you take Scotty Barnes here and just this year, I think just in the sense of trying to win, you use him in a small forward war role, but for the future you try to develop his skills going more to the point guard point forward role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think I would agree with that. Yeah. I Warriors are definitely way less of a um, of a take the best guy available type of team, but even saying that Scotty Barnes might be available here, and I think he fits that that role you were saying really well. So yeah, I agree with the Scotty Barnes pick. That brings me to second Orlando Magic pick of the lottery. Um, they are definite. So. This is actually Chicago's first round pick, like you were saying later, but it was top four protected. Obviously, the eighth pick is not in the top four. Um, Crazy to think. Yeah, I know it's insane. So, this is this is their pick now. That, um, so again, you look at this team. If this is if they took Davion Mitchell with the fifth pick, like they did in our draft. And then you look at this team, and I think you say you need a forward. Again, I know. Forward's boring, boring, blah, blah, blah. Which brings me to one guy. Franz Wagner, in my opinion, is the best forward available. He has he averaged 12.5 points, 3 to 6, 6.5 rebounds. For Michigan this season, he he's twenty, 
he's 19, excuse me. He's a sophomore, though. And he played 59 games professionally in Europe, playing for an, and then being the best player on a number one seed in, in March Madness. He, he's, he's 19, but he has way more experience than any other 19-year-old in this draft. He, he's got great size for a wing at six foot nine. And he, he's just some, just his game just fits so nicely for the role that he plays. I think he's a bit weak. If you're not like, he's not, doesn't maybe not quite have the muscle to really succeed immediately in the NBA, but he is really such a good guy. I'm, I'm taking Wagner here. All right. I, I, a big Franz Wagner fan. I like Franz Wagner. I disagree that he's the best forward available. I am very happy that you didn't pick Jalen Johnson here. Um, but I think the best forward available is Corey Kispert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, Corey, Corey Kispert, Corey Kispert led his team, um, to the national championship. He didn't have a, he had a terrible national championship game, but, up until that one game, he led his team there. I'm really high on Corey Kispert. He reminds me of a less athletic, not quite as good Michael Porter Jr. He's a great three point. That's shooter. what. That's such a back like not player wise, like like type of player wise. But Michael Porter Jr. is not not really the comparison you're wanting. I get what you're trying to say. Just Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is very good. He's solid, but it's Michael Porter Jr. stuff. Like, I don't know. Michael Porter Jr. is one of those players, no matter how good he is, I'll, I'll, I'll never think. Like, I'll just never immediately think of him as a star for some reason. I don't and know Michael why. Michael Porter Jr., also not defensively, because um, Corey, Corey Kispert is, is pretty good defensively, but mm-hmm. he's at least solid. Michael Porter Jr. is one of the best. The, oh, wait. The worst no, wait. Michael Porter Jr. Jun- wait, excuse me. I don't know why. I was thinking about Otto Porter Jr. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, Never mind. Keep going. Okay. But he was amazing. But, um, right, he's this three-point shooter that is very good at just standing in the perimeter and shooting threes. But he's also very athletic. He's not as athletic as MPJ, but he is very athletic. And, um... And he's a great and he's a great player. Corey Gisbert's definitely better on defense than MPJ is. He's worse on offense. He's a worse player than MPJ. But eighteen point six points per game, only one point eight assists, but five boards, forty four percent from three with six point five attempted, sixty two percent from two. Remember that whole thing about three is better than two. If you're shooting forty percent from from three, you need to make sixty percent of your twos. This guy's doing it both. Forty-four percent from three, sixty-two percent from two. Mm-hmm. For fifty-two percent yeah. field goal percentage, eighty-seven um, percent from the free throw line. He he was great in getting six point four win shares, four point six them being offensive, one point eight being defensive, and like I'm very high on Corey Kisprank. He's a great player, and I I think he's I think he's a pick over Franz Wagner here, even though I do yeah. like Franz Wagner. It's very close. Another plus for Kispert is that he played all four years for Gonzaga. But, yeah, in 31 minutes per game, as you were saying, scored um, 18 points, shot pretty But I, re- I really like Franz Wagner. He's He's got – experience versus professional players playing in Europe. He he's he he's tall. He fits his he he's big for a wing. He's I like I'm going I'm going with Franz Wagner. Okay. All right. So now this leaves the Sacramento Kings on the board. Um, Sacramento, not a great team. 
You got De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Tyrese Halliburton, who I'm very high on. I love Tyrese Yeah, Halliburton. I agree with you on I that wish one. The, yeah. I wish the Wizards picked him. Um, I think that you start all three of those guards if you're smart. Buddy Heald is very overpaid. You got Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes. I got news for you with something. Kings, another team that could also be a playoff team next year. Mm. Surprisingly, like you look at that starting line, they have no depth. That's their problem. They have right. no depth. That's... And you have Hassan Whiteside holding them back. Yeah. Because Hassan Whiteside is a terrible player. I don't like Hassan, Hassan Whiteside fell off so quickly. He was like, I, th- I knew Hassan Whiteside was never that good. And right no, now, but like, he was like, he's not just an average player, he hurts your team. If Hassan Whiteside exactly. is on your team and playing, he will hurt you. He is right. bad. But, like, in his years with the Heat, like, his good years with the Heat. He, was, like, a, he but, was a little bit of a stat patter. I, he was an elite, elite defender. And now he's just, like, a he, guy. You he's not lost don't. on pick and rolls. Not as much as he does now. But, I All mean, right. you have no depth. You're just you're, – you really are going best player available here. And that is, in my opinion, Corey Kispert. I just said a whole thing about Corey Kispert, so there's not much more to say. But 18.6 points per game, 6.4 win shares, 44% um, from three, 62% from two, 87% from the from the line, from the free throw line. Uh, five rebounds for him, 1.8. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's an amazing player. He's, Corey Kispert is very good. Franz Wagner is better just because his name is Franz. Boom. There, that's my argument. But in a, on a serious note, Corey Kispert is amazing. You said everything there needs to say. I agree with the pick. Yeah. That brings me to the 10th pick with the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm assuming, like, Zion, Zion was said, uh, thing with it, there was a weird thing with him a bit ago with him being a bit unhappy, but he's staying this year. That's That's it. But Zion Williamson is an elite player. He is so, so good. Has top five player. And in the where did he go to college? He went to Duke, Rafi. I get it. But he, he's, an, he's an elite player. He, he, in my mind, definitely, I, I think he will, at, at some point in his career, will be the best player in the NBA. I, think, I think he'll always be second to Luka Doncic. Right. But Zion Williamson is so, so good. Then you have, at, at the point guard, you have Lonzo, you have, you have Kyra Lewis, you have, um, blanking on the name, Eric Bledsoe. That position, you have three decent guys. Kyra Lewis is very young, definitely still has time to grow. You have three mad guys. That's... Then you obviously have Brandon Ingram. You have Steven Adams down low. So once again, this is the Pelicans are very balanced, I think. They don't have one major, major hole, maybe another guard. So I, I'm, I'm going to go best player available. And this one is so – I. this one is close. This, this is very, very close. I think – I think I'm going to go with, man, I think I'm going to go with Keon Johnson, guard out of Tennessee. He is, he's an athlete, athlete. Like he is, he's got elite athleticism. Um, averaging 11 points, two and a half assists, three rebounds a game in his only year at Tennessee, shooting 44%. From the field, um, but he's explosive. I really, really like that out of a guard. I love everyone loves to watch a Russell Westbrook type guy who's just explosive. Um, he's he's six five, decent height for a guard. He can play. He plays mostly at the two, but he he he's a very solid player. Yeah. Um. I think Keon Johnson is definitely not a bad pick here. It's so I think, close. Wait, between... I him and I like this is such a tough pick for me. You've got Book Knight. You've yeah, got... 
Luke Knight is kind of the guy who ju- who's like the the one B behind them. Yeah. Um. So for me, it's between Keon Johnson and Book Knight here. If I were picking, in the end, I I think I would give Book Knight the slight edge. It's eleven point three points per game, three point five boards, um, uh, two point five assists. And then one thing I'll try to is twenty seven percent from three. Book Knight's also not very good. Is also bad from three. He's twenty nine percent. But at least you see that he has some potential because you look at the year before he was thirty four percent. Right. Um, and he got he had 18.7 points per game, 5.7 boards, 1.8 assists, um uh field goal percentage of 44%. And I mean he had 2.1 win shares, 0.8 defensive, 1.3 offensive. Keon Johnson's definitely not a bad pick. It's so close between the two. I would give Book Knight the slight edge, but getting Keon Johnson here definitely isn't a bad pick. Yeah. All right. So next is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, the Hornets, you got Lamelo Ball, Rookie of the Year, um, great player. Terry Rozier, who was who was was very underrated this year. He very quietly almost averaged twenty points a game. Right. Um, yeah, I like you got Miles Bridges, who are, who's good. PJ Washington is good. Do they? Um. Uh, I mean, I think you st- you still got Gordon Hayward. Um. Yeah. He's on that massive contract, but Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward's a solid option. Yeah, I mean, he's still like. He can definitely go on like, uh, like a ten game streak where he's like in a he I mean, where he's Hayward in a is still player. like a good. He's still a starting player. Right, definitely for sure. You but, got you got Gordon Hayward there at the three. There's no really position need here. Like you just you go best player available. I I think you can argue argue that a big man. Yeah, but I mean, I still think that in general you don't you don't go best right. you go best player available, and I think that is going to be James Book Knight for all the mm-hmm. reasons I just said basically. 18, yeah, I agree. 18.7 or yeah, 18.7 points per game, 5.7 boards, you know, 2.1 win shares, tw- um field bo- 44% field goal percentage, 31 minutes per game, only 29% from 3, but the year before it was 34% from 3. He's a little bit of the same thing where you're shooting 29% from 3, you shouldn't be shooting five threes a game, which he was. Right, but, um, but like you were saying earlier, you look at the season before that, when you're yeah. shooting 34% from three, you can definitely shoot five threes a game. Yeah, but he was yeah, but he was shooting 2.6. He shot right. a lot more this year, so it went right. down. I'd much rather him just shooting 2.6 and, and being 34% than... Right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's a great player, and yeah... I mean, I think he's the best player. I I think I would agree with that. Yeah, that brings me to the twelfth pick with the San Antonio Spurs. You have got Demar Derozan, who's finally off that contract. He's a free agent this year. Um, but then you've got Dejounte Murray, who's a very, very good young player. You've got him on a nice contract. You've got Devin Vassell. You've got, uh, like, Trey Jones. I know Ruffy. My guy. But you look at this team. Nothing jump. No, nothing jumps out. You've definitely got a few solid players like Jacopoto. Even is decent. Trey Lyles, like Derek White. No, no one really jumps out. Once again, this is another best player available situation. And this this is really, really close. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a bit bold, I think. I'm gonna go with the first foreign player in the draft, going with the Australian guard, Josh Giddy. Jonathan Kamingo's from the Congo. Oh right. Well, but I mean he hasn't Josh Giddy hasn't played in America yet though. Yeah, but I mean, 
Jonathan Kaysen. That's Kaysen. that's what I'm saying. That like international player. Hush, hush, hush. But he he's six foot nine. Um, there's not much to know about him, other than he's uh he's a solid shooter. He's I like I don't know a lot about him, but I've, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I don't have a there's not a lot of stats to back them up, but I've heard so many good things about him that I'm going with my gut and going with him. All right, Josh Giddy. I I mean, I don't know all that much about him. 10.9 points per game, 7.5 assists, and 7.4 boards, which you, you like to see that. Only 29% from three, which isn't good. Field right. goal percentage of 42%. And there also, there aren't really any advanced stats on him. Right. So you don't know about that. Um, I I don't think it's a bad pick, although I do think as much as I hate it, I think it is the point here where I would take Jalen Johnson. If yeah. you don't know, if you don't know the whole Jalen Johnson story, basically what happened was um, in the beginning of the year, he was Duke's top prospect this year or recruit this year, beginning of the year, uh, you know, he was playing very well. Then he started to not play as well. And coach K and Coach K stopped starting him. He started playing. He played him for the bench for two or three games just because he said he's giving him too many minutes. It was a little bit too much pressure. Um, and then after – and then it was also after coming back from an injury. He didn't want to start him. Then he got mad. It was clear there was some stuff that we just don't know about from behind the locker room. But in the end, Jalen Johnson decided to, in his words – opt out the rest of the season in my words quit on his team right because it was not a COVID opt-out it was nothing like the people opting out for COVID he flat out quit on his team and I think and Jalen Johnson there's an attitude problem there's a locker room problem with what he's doing in the locker room I if my opinion I don't think Jalen Johnson's going to be a good basketball player I don't think he's going to be a good NBA player. I'm saying that right now. I don't think All he right. The reason that I'm picking him at number 12 in the lottery is because he is a guy that it's a 50-50 shot, but if it goes to that right way, he just has so much potential. Like, in the beginning of the year, he was so good for Duke. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was – 11.2 points per game, 4.4 boards, 6.1 assists. And some of these stats are coming off of injury, 44% from three, a field goal percentage of 52%. In just, thir- in just 13 games, he had 1.1 win shares. Think about in 13 games, Jonathan Kuminga had negative 0.3 win shares. In 13 games, Jalen Johnson had 1.1 win shares. Mm-hmm. So the potential is there. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on there that you just don't know is going to happen. And I think there's a bigger chance he's not going to end up being a great player than he will be. But the potential is just – he just has so much potential, and I think this is where you do – you don't take him top 10, but at this point this is where you do bite the bullet and take him. Yeah. I, I definitely think that's a solid option. I kind of went with my gut here. Definitely Jalen Johnson was in that conversation, but you you have number 13 with the Pacers. All right. So with the Pacers, as much as I trashed on him just now, but also said he should have been picked, I'm no surprise here. Going to be picking Jalen Johnson. Um mm-hmm. From Duke, basically, you know, everything I just said um, about Jalen Johnson, just so much potential that I think when it comes to the 13th pick, late lottery pick, you do take him. All right, Warriors yeah. at 14. I have Warriors at 14, their second pick of the lottery. This one is their pick, I'm pretty, right? Yeah. 
Right? This one is. Yeah. This one's their pick. Once again, you look at this team. You obviously got Stephen Curry. You have a you have an inconsistent Andrew Wiggins. You have a kind of washed up Draymond Green on a big contract. And then you have, you have James Wiseman, who's a very good young player. Like you were saying earlier, people are writing him off. Can't do that yet with a guy who's only played in the NBA for a season. Right? Then you've got Clay Thompson come back from injury. You look at this team. I think you go best player available. Once again, like, they don't have any major, major holes. I'm going to go with another foreign player. I'm going to go with the Turkish big man, Alpren Sengun. I've definitely heard his name before. Unlike um, averaging 18 points, 8.9 rebounds, three assists in the Turkish playoffs, shooting 67% from the field, 81% from the free, free throw line. He's very good. Six foot nine is maybe a bit small um, and is lacking a bit of strength, but I think he has so much raw talent that you got to take him here, this type of late lottery pick. Yeah, um, I I don't disagree with that. I think there are a couple guys you could go here. Like you could go him, you could go Kai Jones, you could go yeah, Kai Jones. Or Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely don't think that's a bad pick. So now this is going to be the last pick here. Um, we were going to do just the lottery, but we wanted to get the Wizards in, so we're doing 15 picks. As you know, we're both Wizards fans. We're talking about Wizards for a bit here. Obviously, you got Bradley Beal, top 10 player in the NBA. You could go as far as saying top five. I probably wouldn't say top five, but – He's amazing. 30-plus points for him. Russell Westbrook, inconsistent guy, but he is at times very good, and you can't just let him go. He's on that huge contract. you got to right. use that inconsistency with you. Got some other pieces. I really like Rui Hachimura. Thomas Bryant was pretty good when he was there. Daniel Gafford was playing well. Howell Neto is a great defender. Um, I think here... Yo, Ish Smith gone after the season, I believe. Either this season or he may have won more. Um, but I think he's done after this year. Yeah, he's done after this year. So I think you see Russell Westbrook only has two more years left on his deal, and he is, um, and he is thirty-two. Be thirty-four when he leaves. If the Wizards are smart, I think they don't re-sign him. I think you. And I think that this man right now is probably the best player on the board. And that is the national champion, Jared Butler. Jared Butler, amazing player. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's outstanding. 16.7 points per game, 4.8, assi- 4.8 assists, uh, uh, 41% three-point percentage, field goal percentage of 47%. He 5.4 win shares, 1.9 defensively, 3.5 offensively. Amazing defender. That whole Baylor team was just great on defense. Jared Butler, like Davion Mitchell, very good defender. Also great on offense. He is, unlike Davion Mitchell, he's more of a just point guard. You know, there were some games like just that Baylor-West Virginia game. Yeah, uh, where he just took over and he was just so good. Like I said, you take this guy, he'll probably be a backup. Maybe he'll start for you a little bit, but he'll probably mostly be a backup year one. You'll develop him and two years come, I think you leave Westbrook and Jared Butler comes in as sort of your Westbrook replacement. And I think he's a great player. There are some other guys you could go here like Kai Jones, Moses Moody, even Zaire Williams, Cameron Thomas, Ayu Dasonmu. But I think that Jared Butler is the best pick here. I I think I definitely agree with that. You talking about other options? Does Trey Mann come up at all for you? He 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 does. I I'm a Trey Mann fan. I think that I think that he could definitely be a top twenty pick. 
I think he may be better than Kai Jones, but I don't think he's better than any of Zaire Williams, Cameron Thomas, Aida Sumner. All right. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you all for listening. We know we've been very consistent, but we will both be at camp for about a month. Yeah, we leave this Sunday, but, the 27th. But we plan on coming back strong, coming back in, in August, even we'll try and even work through vac- record even on vacations and stuff like that. We really want to keep doing this. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. So to just give you some dates exactly. We leave this Sunday, the 27th. We come back July 25th. Um, so for that one month, you shouldn't expect any episodes from, from us. And this will also be our last episode um before leaving for camp but um but yeah I mean we'll try to come back strong after that get we'll really try to start getting you know two a week or something around that Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, all right so thank you all for listening and peace out peace